Amen. Getting up here, going to feel like uh, some of us already got a message today, didn't we? I hope. I hope you're listening. As guys move in, just some exciting things to hear. Uh, thanks. Thanks to Lee. Not only uh, we got uh, getting some of the testimonies together today, but just as our coordinator of missions and prayer, uh, part of all of this, recognizing that there is still so much more to do. You know, there is someone talked about it a while ago, even of just, hey, we're going to adopt just this portion right now, beginning 300 homes. You know, some people were like, that's a lot of homes. You know, can we really handle? They had about the amount, about the amount Jesus had in the number of disciples out yesterday and covered 250. So I've got some to cover today, but you get a couple more, and that's 300. Imagine what Jesus could do, not with 12, but 10 times that, 120 of us, together. It's not the church, as in an organization, right? We are the church. It's you and me, a family on mission what this is about we're here we don't just come for ourselves and what we get and feeling better or growing or whatever we're not growing if we're not going and so it's exciting it's exciting to hear what god is doing uh, i was able to get back in time to to get to a few homes as well and uh, god has so much more he wants to do so much more he wants to do in those lives to manifest his presence in a way that is unmistakably him so uh, to encourage you to be a part of god's adventure and what he has so let's uh turn to luke chapter 22 luke chapter 22 we'll be looking at verse 54 And this, this comes after the whole Jesus is getting arrested. You're out on, right on, on the Mount of Olives, and they're praying, and then the betrayal by Judas earlier in verse 48, and, and uh, the mess that happened, and the swords, and all those kind of things. And Jesus, you know, even in verse uh, 52 that Jesus said to chief priests and the officers of the temple and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion? You have come with swords and clubs. Every day I was with you in the temple courts. You did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. Then in verse 30 and 54 of Luke chapter 22. Then seizing them, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. But when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together. Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight, and she looked closely at him and said, This man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. 
Man, I am not, Peter replied. And about an hour later, another asserted, Certainly fellow, this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Let's pray. Father, we come to your word. We come before your presence. That you would speak to us. In many ways, it's a familiar story. We don't come to learn something new. We come to become new in you. More like you. Come this day to follow you. Help us. Help us to hear your voice. Holy Spirit, fall upon us. We recognize your presence is here with us this day already. That you're moving, that you want to move. Even as we've talked about revival and the fire, bring it. Bring it. Spirit, convict us of where we're at and where we need to be. And in that challenge to change, if we recognize your mercy and grace to lead us on in that. Help me to speak your words, but more than that, help us to hear your words. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Perhaps you've heard of the bumper sticker or you maybe you've even seen it on the back of cars that said, if you can read this, you're too close. How many of those? You know, right? If you can read this, you're close. Meaning you're following a little too close behind me right now. Uh, I'm sure some of you have felt perhaps that, you know, somebody, uh, there are things that are happening. Um, speaking of which, being close, uh, there may be some children that are a little too close to you that need to go to children's church. I don't know if that's true. Feel free to head out. So uh, you're thinking, uh, I mean, it's great having you guys in here, but you're going to have a great uh, opportunity with the Lord where you're going. So uh, think about this. If you can read this, you're following too close. We don't like that. Give us some space, you know, and it doesn't have to do with driving. I mean, have you heard anybody walk with you and it's like, I need some space. You know, you're following too close. Guess what? That's something you will never hear Jesus say. If anything, you would be reading this. If you can read this, you are not following close enough. Opposite of the way we think. You know, it's kind of like, if you can read this, 
you're not close enough. If you can read this, you've got to get closer. If you can read this, you get closer. I can still kind of read it. You know, some of us have these other things in our... Right? Uh, if you can read this, but... Okay, there comes a point in time where I can't read this. Jesus wants to be in your face. Close. He needs to be. If we're saying we're following him, it needs to be where he is an in-your-face kind of close. That's the way uh, we think about Peter here. What many would have seen is is that one of the main the main leader, the leader of the disciples, kind of thing. I mean, he was the man out in front of everybody, even in this night. But obviously, Peter needed to get closer. Peter needed to get closer to Jesus than he was. Even though he was closer than everybody else, he needed to get closer to Jesus. We know that because what eventually happened. Right? He denied Jesus. Denied him. How did that happen? How did it get to that point where he just denied Jesus? Now, obviously, Jesus said it was going to happen. It didn't happen because Jesus said it. He just knew that was uh, Peter. I mean, the, the, you know, this is the disciple. This is the guy that got us strong. This is the guy that's committed. How it happened, we're given a clue with by verse 54. Something that just we just kind of read past and read over. Obviously, the first part, seizing him, they led him away, took him into the house of the high priest. What's the next phrase there? Peter. Followed from afar. Peter followed from a distance. You could say he was following him. But that's not the way Jesus asks to be followed. It's not a question of whether we are following or whether Peter was following. question is are we close enough are we following close enough when following jesus means to stick close uh, in your face kind of close it, it, more than that and, and let's face it most christians who are halfway serious as peter is most christians would say of themselves i know i could be closer but I feel like I'm close enough. I feel like it's it's not bad. I, I feel like I'm, I'm okay. But do we have to wait till things go so badly like they did for Peter here before we get a clue that the reality is what we determined was close enough was actually following Jesus from afar. Now, I bring that question up, more than likely what's going through many of our heads is, no, that's not me, that's somebody else. How many think Peter thought that? We know Peter thought that, didn't he? 
Not me, Jesus. The rest of these guys might leave you, but not me. Not me. Here he is. How can it be said that he's following from afar? He's in the courtyard. He's right there. Where they got Jesus? Where's nobody else? Everybody else. He's right there. Right warming himself with the fire, except he's not at this fire. This is the fire of God. This is Jesus. Instead, Peter's at some other fire. I'm close. not close enough surely he's in the bright place where Peter was that night was obviously not where he needed to be he was warming himself before a false fire because he really was following Jesus this close he would have been where Jesus was Right there. Right there. In that moment. Because what Jesus says it means to follow him. Look at Luke chapter 9. Not going to be able to have any things up on the screen. So hopefully you can deal with paper cuts. Luke chapter 9. Verse 23. You see... How we know, and how we know this about Peter, even before Zanah, I know we say we know it, but well, because Peter denied him. So obviously he wasn't where he needed to be with Jesus. No, even before he ever denied him, before any of those words came out of his mouth, before he actually followed through and went that direction, it says Peter was following from afar. That's where it started. And what does it mean to follow from afar? I mean, that's a part of it. when you talk about, well, you know, it means, no, here, Jesus very specific talks about what it means to follow him. And then I think we can figure from out from that what is afar and what is close in Luke chapter nine, verse 23. And he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in glory and the glory of the Father and the holy angels. So are we following close enough? Are you following close enough? Where where are we at? And I just want us to kind of take a look at a number of different Christians here uh, thinking through that would say they're close enough. It's good enough. I'm following Christ. Sure. Let's just begin with consumer Christians that need to follow Jesus closer. And by the way, in each of these, I'll use some different names or categorizing Christians like saying consumer Christians. Those are just things I'm, I mean, there may be things that have been said, but basically I'm just using to give some terminology. These are not biblical terms. 
in, in, in that sense of the word, but just kind of something to give us an idea to wrap our, our head around what we're talking about. Plus, they all start with C, so, you know, pastor thing. Uh, so we got this consumer Christians need to follow Jesus closer. And in a sense, when we think about Christians uh, who would fit in this category, let's just start with what today is. We are celebrating Palm Sunday. And uh, we, we could look up John chapter 12, and I really thought, we're going to look up John chapter 12, 12 to 19. We'll read all about the crowd and what they did in Palm Sunday. But you know what? I think most of you know, if you don't know the stories, John chapter 12 is one of the places in verse 12 and from then. But, you know, I could read through all that, and most of us here today are say, well, that's not me. I wasn't like those people. You know, they were, were to say they were following Jesus, Right? They were like, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus, uh, you know, it's a popular thing. That's what you do. He came to town, ready to put a crown on him. And by the end of the week, they were already putting a crown of thorns on him. The Palm Sunday fair weather followers, consumer Christians, and we could talk about that, but most of us say, you know, that's not really us. We're more committed than that. We're not kind of doing that. I mean, these consumer Christians are uh, wanting to crowd around not necessarily the actual fire that is jesus they just want where some of the sparks fly over to another fire where they get some miracles they get some healing from jesus they get free food you know right those kind of things i mean there was a whole crowd that followed him followed him and, and it was all about what they could get what they were wanting in fact Eventually, they stopped. John chapter 6 and verses 66 and 60 through 69. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. They called him disciples. These aren't the 12 disciples, so to speak. But these are those who were saved. They were following him, but they stopped. They no longer followed him. They were following him, but no longer. It's just consumer Christians. You know, when things got too weird and Jesus started talking about things that were just like a little too much. And it's not so much just about that. I mean, that was kind of like the last straw. But when Jesus started asking about giving, he started talking about real commitment. Uh, we're really just kind of into receiving. It's all about getting from Jesus. Consumers. Consumers just to keep happy. As long as Jesus keeps them happy, they follow. And you know what? The same thing happens in churches today. There are those who are just consumers. You know, I, I, I receive the free gift of life from God. That's what I want. And I want to be able to get the, the gift of the ticket to heaven someday but i don't really have to want to do anything for it it's all just free right they don't have to do anything I, nothing's going to be required of me there are those who think being a christian is just making a decision but that's not being a disciple who follows jesus not based on what we just read in luke chapter 9 there are those that are looking for Jesus 
and what he can do for them and, and how they live that out then not only in their individual lives but even as we talk about churches let's just go you go to church like you're going to a restaurant go to church like you're going to a department store and the restaurant that serves the food you want the way you want it fast enough is a restaurant that you like and the restaurant you keep going back to you like to try some occasionally other things but you know this is the one all about me but i'm a follower of jesus I just want to know what's in it for me and my needs. These are those who are following from afar. Who are warming themselves at another kind of fire that may seem like something that deals with Jesus. But it has absolutely nothing to do with the Jesus who has said, if you're going to follow me, you need to deny yourself and die to self. It's not about you. Consumer Christians need to follow Jesus closer, but also the second one, be comfortable Christians need to follow uh, Jesus closer. Luke chapter 9. Get back to Luke chapter 9 again. A little bit later in verse 57. Luke chapter 9 verse 57. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, speaking of Jesus, a man said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. You know, we call, uh, we note that Jesus and throughout the word, there are places where he called those to follow him, not just those who were the disciples, you know, Peter, John, and all those gang, but there were other ones. They called to come to follow him. But there are those that began that journey, and this, this one even is talking to him, all around, I will follow you, and he's already ready, I'll, I'll do this. But they're willing to follow until the point in time where it just gets a little too hard, where it becomes uncomfortable. I'll do and say what Christians are supposed to do and say, and I'll go through the, the, the right things, and I'll try to have the right attitude, and I won't doubt it. But, but, and, and I want Jesus to be a part of my life, I, I, even a big part. But let's not go overboard with it, you know? There's this talk about, for, for some Christians, they talk about what they're comfortable with and what they're not comfortable with as it deals with their faith. Ah, I'm just not comfortable going out and going up to somebody's house and seeing if I can pray for them. I'm just not comfortable. We make all these things about what we're comfortable or not comfortable. That's just not where I'm at. But where are we supposed to be at? Where we're supposed to be at is following Jesus in a way that denies and dies. That's where we're supposed to be at. I mean, but, but some of this stuff, oh, yeah, 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 I hear you, but, you know, some of this just over the top. I mean, you know, some Christians, you know, they'd like, like, whoa, woo, too much. I mean, too emotional or they're, they're too, too much into studying and looking at the Bible. They're, they're too much wanting to know everything that, yeah, and they, uh, they want to know how to put it into their life, everything. I mean, I, you know, it's good to read the Bible kind of like, 
it's good to have breakfast, you know, some most important meal a day, so is the Bible, you know, that's good stuff, but really taking it too seriously, uh, it's kind of thing. What they want is just a little bit of the, the warmth of the fire to where they're comfortable. It's kind of like, okay, uh, okay, Jesus... It's nice. The fire looks nice. You know, I like looking at it for just a little bit, warm my hands, but I don't want to stay here too long. It gets warm. I'm not comfortable really getting closer to who Jesus is calling me to be, which is like him. There are those who want Jesus in their life, but they want to also keep things the kind of some of the things the way they were, some of which are just sinful. They want to have the fire of Jesus, be able to warm themselves occasionally the fire of Jesus, but also kind of the fire of the other things in their life, going back and forth, uh, keeping a foot in both worlds, uh, not one or the other, but both. You know, those Christians who say, you know what, I, I... I am following Jesus. I mean, I've given up some things. You talk about deny yourself, Pastor. I've given up some things here. And I just think there's a point in time where, I mean, right now, I mean, I know I should be giving up everything, but I've given up a lot, and I think, it, you know, he's okay. He's okay with me. I've, I've, done, I've done my part. I've done enough. I think I've done good enough. I think I'm close enough for right now. But it's not right here in Jesus' face. We haven't denied and died taking up a cross. Those who are comfortable with the talking about it. You know, even what we've been talking about, about the uh, having some both quantity and quality time alone with Jesus. The comfortable Christian is, for the most part, okay, as long as you're not thinking we have to do it every day and for too long but this is a good thing because that's that's what i'm looking for that relationship with jesus the comfortable christian likes talking about that in the sense that you know i'm following and i just i really i feel close to jesus oh i just I, i just feel really really close to him and you know and even when i pray sometimes and oh in the worship I worship when I go to the services. Oh, I just tell you, Jesus is just right there. I know he's right with me. I just feel his presence. Oh, he's so close. He's so close. Now, he is here. But he can't be that close to you if he's over there and you're here. He can't be that close because what there is is that closeness that I'm comfortable with is the feeling about it all. But yet my actions don't change. Jesus said in, in John chapter 14, verse 15, he said in a number of other places, if you love me, you talk about close, being close to me, the kind of love, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And there are so many that are comfortable Christians that are comfortable with this feeling good about Jesus and feeling like I kind of got this but not obeying what he has said in so many things. 
I mean, there's, there's so many of us, and, and, you know, in, in some ways, this is not the way God wants it, but in some ways we could just shut down all Bible teaching in churches everywhere until we start obeying what we've already learned because we're going to be standing before Jesus and held accountable for everything that we've heard. So to save you some grief, let's not teach anything else. But no, what happens is that we need to be reminded, just like Jesus reminded them, because Jesus didn't say once, deny and die. You look at all the Gospels, you see it. You see the message he's trying to get across. This is not a pick and choose with what your comfortable Christianity. That's not what it means to follow Jesus. That's not what it means to be a Christian. Here's what it means. Um, uh, Pam. All right, you don't worry. You're not going to be on camera. If you could, now I know that uh, if you could live anywhere and money was not an object, so to speak, it's like all expenses paid for everything, not just to get you there, but to live there and to continue to live there, everything. Now I know you've chosen to come back to Oil City area and this is truly, truly the place. Uh, that you've chosen. But if, can you think of a place, where would you, if you could just go someplace and everything would be taken care of for the rest of your life, where would it be? Maui. Okay, hallelujah. I haven't been there. We've been to part of uh, Hawaii. So so let's just imagine for a moment, though. See, you make this decision to go. I need to say something before you decide to go with all this expenses is you can never come back. Now, some people is like, I'm okay with that. No. <laughs> no, but like you can't come back even to visit friends or relatives. Once you're there, you're there. However, you can invite anyone that you want And all expenses will be paid for them to join you. Now, I don't know that because I haven't necessarily been there and but I on either of these places, but I as nice as Maui is heaven. Is even nicer. And he's called us, that's where we're heading, that's our home, not here, it's our home. All expenses, everything paid. But you can't come back. Now, you might be thinking, well, I'm not dead yet. That's not, that, that kind of is the point. We are dead. And you say, well, I'm not dead yet, I don't go to heaven. No, we are dead. If we are following Christ, if we truly are followers of Christ, he said, take up your cross. Die. Now, not just someday when you get there, but today. Let's move on to the third category. Convenient Christians need to follow Jesus closer. 
we can go back to thinking about that in, um, in that passage we read in Luke chapter 9. Uh, in verse 57 for 58, then the next one talks about another man said, Jesus said, another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one puts his hand to the plow, looks back as fit for the service in the kingdom of God. Now we can hear those words and think, whoa, man, that's pretty harsh. And it may be exactly what it means. It may be that what some of the expressions in those times was that his dad wasn't even dead yet. <laughs> Just let me go back until that time that he dies and the whole, uh, you know, whole estate gets divided out and get take care of his funeral and all that kind of stuff. And then I'll get it. When I get done with this phase of my life, when I, when I get all that taken care of, then I will follow you. In other words, I want to follow you, Jesus, when it's convenient. I really want to follow you, but right now is not the best time. Convenient Christians that need to follow Jesus closer are those who have a number of fires. They got the Jesus fire in life, but there's a number of fires going all over the place. Not just one. There's one over here. I got this going. I got there's just a lot going on. And, and, but I want to have at least a minimum commitment, you know, to, to Jesus with whatever, however much time or energy I can. But if we're actually committed to following Jesus, there is no such thing as 50-50. There's no such thing as 80-20. It is only 100%. Think about it. If someone says to you, I want you to deny yourself and take up your cross to die, is there any in that... You're going to come and die part that is like, I only want you to die 90%. It's all out, all in. That's what he's asking. Jesus doesn't want us just to come and hang out with him. He's called us to come and die. There are so many fires that we have going. Commitments, things, this and that we're doing. And not to say that we should not do anything, but it's where our, our, where's our heart? Where's our energy? Where, where are we in? Are we divide ourselves, even with family? Although we'd have this godly family fire, you know, the, the godly family fire is where, you know, we, it's pretty much the same as the worldly family fire. We warm ourselves over by that, except that we pray at meals and we go to church services most Sundays or at least when it's convenient. You know, there may be something else we got going on that's more important for us. But, you know, when it's convenient and and, and I'm not trying to say make a, a statement about, you know, somebody says, well, you know, you don't have to you don't have to do that. You don't go to church. You don't have to do this stuff to go to heaven. Okay. As soon as you start talking like that, you know that you're a convenient Christian. You know that you're not the kind of Christian that has said, I have denied myself and am dying to myself because it's the wrong question. Well, is that something I really need to do to go to heaven? Being a Christian is not just figuring out how do I get to heaven. So following Christ, living his life, 
out in this world and preparing us for the next. To follow him is to deny and die. It's not about what do I just need, what's the minimum I need to do to get in. And then the rest I'll do when it's convenient. In fact, when Jesus compared the love that we should have for him to the love that we have for others, what did he say? You need to hate mother, father, brother, sister, husband, wife. To hate your family compared to what you should do in your love towards me. In fact, in Luke chapter 14 and verse 25, great crowds had accompanied him and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Period. Some of us has heard this before, but we just kind of, just kind of goes in one ear and out the other. Well, we know that's what it says, but are we living like that's what it says? That's like, like what he said? Whoever does not bear, he goes on and says, whoever does not bear his own cross can bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And he goes on to say that we need to count the cost. This call of Jesus is that sometimes in gaining Jesus we lose things of this world. These there are those who would say, I, I know these things and obeying God and, and and I know what I should be doing. There are certain things I'm not and and I should be. And, and it's not that I'm rebellious towards it. They, they would say, it's not that I, I, I don't want to. I really do want to. I know there's things that, that I should be involved in. I should be doing. I should be being light. I should be uh, serving the Lord. I should be doing this. And it's not stuff that's like sins that we're doing that are like wrong. And you list up, oh man, don't tell anybody about that. These are things that we're willing to talk with other people about. Of omission to things we're not doing. And we would say, I know what I should, and, and that's what I, I really should be all in on that. But you know what? Right now, as much as I want to do that, I, I just don't have the time. I, I just don't have the energy. This, this is a busy season in my life. And when I finish dealing with this busy season, when I bury my father, when I get to say goodbye to my family, then I will come and follow you, Jesus. Just like these people said, you cannot, and he says, you cannot be my disciple. This whole following Jesus, some people would say, it, I, I hear what you're saying. I know that's what Jesus says. But, you know, I, I think he wants us to be realistic. In other words, I don't think he meant what he said. So why did he say it? 
But I, I think, you know, what you hear, I think you need to be realistic. Listen, I know all this stuff, but I got a life. I mean, that's what sometimes you pastors don't get, you know. We got a life. Some Apparently, we don't. <laughs> right? But, you know, this whole, you know, I got a life. Guess what? If you're a real, true follower of Christ, you don't got a life. It is not yours. You have been bought with a price. You do not have a life. Jesus has your life. Totally. If you're really a follower of Christ, we gave up our life. And we are following Him by denying and dying to that. We have taken up our cross. We do not have a life outside of Jesus, and that is not a bad thing. Committed. Yeah, so, so you got all these. You got the convenient, you got the comfortable, you got the, the whole consumer. Now we get to the committed Christians. Committed Christians need to follow Jesus closer. And somebody said, well, what? Why do committed Christians need to follow Jesus closer? I thought that's what we, you know, that's that's what you're going for, is the committed Christians. That's what Peter was. Can we deny that Peter was not a committed Christian, a follower of Christ? I mean, from the very beginning, Jesus calls him in Matthew chapter 4, and immediately it says he followed Jesus. Right then and there. How many of us would even do that? So Peter's got some commitment going Everything he went through, all the things that people would have said, going through all the things and following Jesus and all this time. Even with what we read about Peter here at this, at this time of his denial before that, I mean, there are many who would just say, you know what, he was close. I mean, where were the rest of the disciples? They were gone. Now, he had a little bit of a period there where he kind of messed up with, you know, a little problem with somebody's ear. Uh, and uh, and things like that. It, you know, maybe disappear for a second. But you know, here he was. Even if somebody doubted, he had told Jesus he would not leave him or forsake him. He told Jesus he wouldn't do that. And guess what? Here he was at the fire. Nobody else. Here he was, not just at the fire and the courtyard, but in a place that to some degree was a little dangerous. I mean, the leader, his savior was taken and he was there amongst the enemy. He was the only one committed enough to do that. Well, technically there was another one that got closer. We often miss that, but we're not going to go there right now. He was committed enough to be there and doing that, and yet he was still not close enough. And how do we know he wasn't close enough? Right? He denied Jesus. In fact, Jesus is the only one that can say to us, I will never leave you or forsake you. None of us really make that promise. He makes that promise, but here's Peter. Committed Christian will say that we're following Jesus. 
But the question is, how close are we really? Closer than other people, closer than many Christians I know, closer than I've ever been in my life. But how close are we? There are committed Christians that follow Jesus, but they stay the same place spiritually. For years. Think about it. That's not following. Now they would say they're stable. But Jesus might say stagnant. Because to follow someone implies movement. Are you with me? To follow someone implies movement. You can't follow Jesus and stay in the same place you have been for the last 10 years. How many committed Christians would be willing to admit as committed as we are, as we follow him and his ways, that we get ourselves off into other fires? Maybe it's not the, these kind of fires, but it's things that distract us or, or things that happen in our life. Or, or for all that matters, we say we have, we're, I'm denying myself, I've died to self in following Jesus. How many of you have ever had a, an argument or a, a, dis, a, a discussion that was very animated with one of your family members or somebody at work? You know, how many of us ever had a, uh, a, a fight with somebody or I got upset with somebody and and obviously in that moment it's because you're right and they're wrong because I've following Christ I've denied myself and died to self but then if you really are a committed Christian then you're committed to listen to the Holy Spirit and he speaks to you and says, you know what? That fight you just had. That was pretty stupid, wasn't it? About what it was over and what it was around. It really wasn't about what it was about. It wasn't about that at all. It was really about the fact that you didn't deny yourself. That you, your supposed self that was dead raised up and said, oh, oh, no, you don't. That's not the way I think it should be. That's not the way you do. You're not going to do that to me. You're not going to tell me that. You're not, uh, you know, all of a sudden the dead man is alive. And we have this fight with someone. The problem with the person is the problem with following Jesus. Because we haven't really denied ourselves, our rights, our feelings, everything to do with us. Some talk about having committed to following Jesus, but following so far behind us, like Jesus is being tailed, you know, like we're on a stakeout, you know, a secret agent man, and which is really where Peter was at. He got in there. They say we're committed. He was close, but there's no such thing as saying that we're committed. It's like here in this building. We can come in here. Pray, sing the songs, even hear the messages and say, you know what? I, I'm committed to Jesus. Really have that sense. I, I am inside this building. We are totally committed. 
But when we walk out of those doors, how committed are we? The same as we are in here? We have the same sense, the same sense of being, you know what, I don't care. Who knows that I'm committed to Jesus? In fact, I want the whole world to know that I'm committed to Jesus. We say hallelujah, amen in here. Do we say hallelujah, amen in there and tell everybody out there? Which is what happened. I mean, that's the whole part at the beginning when when we read in Luke chapter 9. Jesus saying, listen, deny yourself, take up your cross daily, follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world yet lose or forfeit his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in glory. Being a committed Christian. And and, and I don't... You know, if we were living back in that time, I don't think that, you know, how many of us really would really compare with Peter because Peter's kind of shows that all his flaws are shown. But we look at what it is. Being, we see here that being a committed Christian, you can still have a denial of your Savior because you did not deny yourself. If he truly would have denied himself, if he would have said, you know what, I have taken up my cross and understand, that's, that's, that's serious. I mean, the most, uh, uh, what that's describing, I have taken up my cross, then him going, standing up for Jesus right then and there, for him with Jesus all the time, him even being there in that courtyard. And I don't have to be afraid of anything because I'm already dead. In Christ, I'm also alive, though, in this the good news is that Peter found, if he remembers back to what Jesus said, and obviously Jesus came and restored him, but in that moment when Jesus said, Peter, I know that you're going to deny me three times, this was going to happen. But he says to him uh, that Peter, Simon, Simon, uh, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. He failed. But Jesus was praying for him. So no matter where we're at in all of this, it's not something to get, oh, I'm just not, and I might as well just give up, and I'm down. No, listen. Jesus is interceding for you. Your faith will not fail, but that you you get in, and that we go from just being a committed Christian to being a cross-bearing Christian that knows that we can be closer the cross-bearing Christian, it's not about carrying our problems or whatever the way they talk about that. Listen, when Jesus said he was going to, that you need to carry a cross, he knew exactly what that meant because he carried it up Golgotha. So did everybody else that was listening to him. In fact, as he was talking to many who would have been a Jewish crowd, uh, they, he was talking about the Roman instrument of the most horrifying and brutal death and humiliating death imaginable. And that's what he said it means to follow him. We can say with Paul, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. But life I now live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Galatians 2.20. It's something that Paul talked about that is a good thing. 
It's not a horrible, dreadful downer to be found not just dead to self, but alive in the Savior. Even Jesus says he's looked at what it says in Hebrews chapter 12, Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. Everything about the cross that Jesus says is, is he was able to look at that with the joy that was set before him. To see what Jesus has called us to in following him. There is joy to surrender everything and anything about our, of our life. When it comes down to those who, who think they're following Jesus close enough. How many of us are actually following him from afar like Peter? Even though Peter didn't realize that that was necessarily the wrong thing. He didn't recognize where he was at with that. Everybody thinks they're close enough, but we need to get closer. In fact, the truth is we can never be close enough. And unfortunately for some, close enough is where we settle. Close enough will never be enough from the one who has asked us to give everything. All in, all out, we can be closer. Worship team, would you come? Let us draw near. Jesus said "Draw." in James, we read about drawing near to God and he will draw near to you. Draw near to the real fire. Get rid of some of these false fires, these other things that were, are distracting us or other things that we're going after and just him. And not just until it's comfortable because right now, you know, some of you are thinking you're a little uncomfortable because we've gone after noon. But some of us are a little uncomfortable because of this whole thing that has just been shared. Because you know what? It should make us uncomfortable. And so we can't wait to get out of here and away from the fire. You know, it was just the pastor's fire. Or was it? Draw near. Father, help us. Help us open up our eyes to see you. You're drawn near to you, closer and closer and closer. Even to the point where the, the, the heat and the light of your presence can make us uncomfortable. But we know that you're doing a work in us in that. Even as it melts away and burns away all that is us, not just the sin, but everything about us that might become new in you. Revive us again.